Yo, yo, pilo, pilo, it's that wise guy, you know, coming you know, home so you know, fly, guy, you know, and you know, I got that, got that ready right now. you know I got that, they ain't ready you know yet. I got that, you know I got that. All we need is wine just to have a good time. All we need is wine just to have a good time. All we need is wine just to have a good time. All we need is wine just to have a good time. I got a few shots, baby, if you change your mind. A couple more sips, then you start to feel fine. All we need is wine just to have a good time. Roll back. Number two, here we go. But this podcast is different, and guess why? Why? Volume one. It was just the three of us, but now we've introduced a guest. Wow, a guest. Someone who wanted to come and meet us. Someone who was drag kicking and screaming into the studio. I'd like to introduce a very, very good friend of mine uh, who loves her wine. She comes from France. Uh, her name is not very French. Susie Switel, welcome to Taihan Cork Busters. No, bonsoir, everyone. As the first guest. Bonjour. 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 Well, I, I sound uh, French uh, like this, or I could just sound normal. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on uh, this podcast, guys. We all have, I think. Susie, uh, well, talk me, us through yours. My, my week has been mostly uh, consisting of looking forward to this and, uh, <laughs> nice. and uh, trying to make sure that uh, we bring some lovely, red, juicy deliciousness to this podcast. Well, that, it's good you brought that up because we haven't, we haven't said what it's all about. So, so this week, uh, we are... I'm going to, well, we've, we've asked our guests and ourselves to, to, to go for, let's start it again. Why don't you say what the theme is this week? Yeah, sure. So this week we've asked our guests and, um, <laughs> and, and me. Let's try it. All right, Tom, Tom's turn. Tom's turn. This week we are tasting red wine from South Africa. This well, that, that's just crap. <laughs> do you want me to do it? Yes. Please. Don't overthink it, guys. Go on. Okay, so I've been uh, given one very simple brief, which was South African wines, uh, any color, under two hundred dollars. Any variety, any color. What a great theme. So here, yeah, here we are. Last week it was under two hundred dollars, any wine, mm. anywhere in the world. Wow, we're we're really learning something, aren't we? And speaking of learning, uh, Tom and Sabs, you have the WSET two exam coming up in this yes. Saturday and it's in three days time so how's the how's the study going how's the preparation how's the nerves I, I, I feel as though I will pass now I'm going to put, I'm going to put the old proverbial cock on the block and say I should get <laughs> I should get the should not get during the exam oh then you'll definitely fail what happens if you don't pass what um, the cock on the block yeah, again that's about, it's embarrassing you've already got your cock out Eight weeks down, a uh, difficult course, because not because of the content, I'd say WSCT2 is difficult when you're first starting wine, but I would say difficult because halfway through the course has stopped because of COVID-19 and, and you mm. know, hitting Hong Kong like it has done for the rest of the world. We've, you've been unable to go in. There was there was there was one class you had to do virtually, wasn't there? So yeah. So so what happened there? Talk us talk us through that. So basically, we were given an option of taking the class later at an unspecified date, or doing it at home, um, on Zoom, so on like live conference. And uh, so they send you wines. They were very good about it. They send a box, and you open it up with instructions, 
okay, so you take out the antiseptic wipes, you wipe the bottles down, they give you gloves. It was a bit, I, I was just like, whatever. It sounds like a sex toy. Are you sure you were tasting wine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Over to our first ever inaugural guest, Rosie Smith! Yeah! Yeah! yeah. America! All the way from France! Woo. Or Hong Kong. Right, well, so the wine that I brought along is a dum 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 South African wine uh, called Warwick Estate Trilogy. The reason why Ooh. it is called Trilogy is that it is made up of three grapes. The three grapes are, now this is one for our budding WSET2 uh, students, what are the grapes that make up a Bordeaux? Over to you, boys. Capsaf. Merlot. Correct. And... Let's give it... Cabernet... Yeah, Cab Franc. Franc, perfect. It has the interesting um, attribute that it's actually made by a female winemaker, which is incredibly rare oh. in uh, South Africa. Oh. Not rare around the world, however. It was bought from a fruit farm, and they only started making wines uh, in 1984. It was bought in 1964. And uh, the head winemaker was, in fact, a uh, lady called Norma, who I know is also... Oh, my mum's name. Exactly. How nice. And uh, not only was she just you know an amazing winemaker she actually won one of south africa's medals uh for making wine her contribution to south african winemaking uh one of the national south african winemakers so cheers so cheers. let's let's have a taste shall we cheers. So let's have a look at the let's have a look at the color yeah deep ruby deep ruby, deep ruby yeah deep bit ruby. of garnet yeah bit probably, garnet, i mean i can't really see because i'm holding up against your red dress and a red wall what's on the nose then say i'm drinking from a plastic beaker should i um, well, 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 it is early days in uh, Thai hand court busters and our budget is tight. <laughs> Soon we will be drinking from Riedel. So, I so, love Riedel. So, uh, I love Riedel. Let's, let's Ooh, get this I, I, have, I have a question actually before, before yeah, we sure. go. What do you trust more, your nose or your palate, when you decide to make a decision as to whether or not you like the wine? I like That's nose. a great question. Nose for me. So, so even after you've had the sip, you will always go back to the nose and go, it doesn't matter what you feel. On well, also I find that I get more on the nose, like after a little time from, mm. you know, in the glass. Doesn't, isn't that wine dependent though? Because some wines yeah, could be true. amazing on the nose and totally disappointing on the taste. For me, I don't think, um, I think I would, I would, vali I would validate mm. a, great, a great wine on the nose. Um, but if, it, if it's really disappointing on the taste, then it's not a great wine. It's, they're, all they've done is shove some perfume in it. You know, it has to, there has to be some backup in, in, the, in the taste. True, and then also... I mean, well, let's face it, some wines are sort of like the cheerleaders. I mean, you know, they, yeah. they, they give you all that promise of greatness to come, and yeah. then when you go there, bip-boo. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a chest-warming, um, gamey wine. So, uh, uh, being a South African, uh, you know, I'd love to have this with a, with a good, good braai. Right, a nice yeah. braai will go really well. A lovely braai. It is, uh, you know, a bit cold, cold weather. Uh, it's, a, it's a cold weather wine with a braai in South Africa. I get a lot of it. Nice braai, ah. braai. It's a barbecue. Barbie. It's South African for Barbie. It's Barbie, basically. I, I get a lot of black pepper, like spice, like tons of black pepper up front, like a really nice, like smokiness perhaps? Yeah, like, I mean... <laughs> yep. I, I've always pressed my mouth more than my nose anyway, so... <laughs> it's no competition. You always manage to sniff a mouth. It's like a top trump card. And also, my mouth is a better swallow than the, than the nose. Do you what do you think, what do you think of that wine then, Tom? Talk us through it. Remember, exam Saturday. 
don't get this wrong. Body. Wet stones. Flavors. Green. Herbaceous floral and black, which I think makes all the great flavors and colors together in a wine, which you should enjoy if you like either white or rosé or red red meat. Or a brie, which is not a cheese. What do you think, Sabs? Talk, talk us through the taste of this one. Wine. It probably reminds me more of a Bordeaux blend. That's that that character is a bit more like a Shiraz, maybe like an Aussie wine. In a it's way. A, like for, for something that's two hundred and thirty-five dollars. Um, you paid the same money for double the money for a Bordeaux. You wouldn't get that quality. I'm sorry. This is excellent wine. Agreed. For the price. And Stellenbosch is... So the introduction to the song is that Stellenbosch being a Dutch commune, the song choice is Ik vind je lekker, which means I find you tasty. Hot, so hot, but I dribbled down my chin. <laughs> Are we back, guys? We're back. We're back. I'm on to my wine. All right. Um, it's from South Africa. No. No. It is. What a shock. It is under $200 by $3. This wine cost me $197. Also Stellenbosch, uh, also, which Stellenbosch is in the Western Cape. Western Cape makes 95% of South Africa's wines. Uh, it's called N. Wilker. Um, 20, this one's a 2015. Um, I think we should go straight to tasting. Let's have oh, a look. hang on, let's go to colour. Could, could you tell us what, what grapes are in that? This is, this is um, a Cabernet Sauvignon and Syrah combination. It's um, predominantly Syrah, 65%. There are, there are thereabouts, and the rest is uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. Stellenbosch is really, really famous for both of those varietals. So, yeah, so it's a combination of those two grapes. Let's have a look at colour. Okay, so, so I'm going to say the colour on this one is, is a very deep ruby. Let's go to the smell. Chocolate. I get jam, like a lot of jam. Uh, I, get, I, get, I get game. Three, yeah. Just crush the glass. Yeah. Um, a hint of... It, it's almost like someone hasn't washed for a couple of days. Okay, guys... This is a nice wine. Let's go to the taste, shall okay. we? Okay, sure. In the mouth. Mm. It's it's got more tannins than, than yeah. the last um, Stellenbosch. Than yours, it's it's a it's a quite a bit more tanniny. Well, it's, it's it's got three years on it, so you'd expect it to have. Yeah, three it's years also younger. Sierra. So, I don't think it's on the 
mouth the way that it promises to be on the mm. nose. Do yeah. we agree or? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so on the label it says balancing broker, come on. Let's put it under your nose. And Robert Parker gushed over it. Big time. Excuse but Robert well, that's Parker... What, that's what Ali just did all over his shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a proper gush. I'm going to have to walk home like this with gush all over my shorts. But Robert Parker loves his big, fat... Bordeaux. Um, like Syrahs and Cab Savs. And, and, this, and this, this thing here attacks your mouth with all sorts of... <laughs> all sorts of, um, you know, big alcohol, tannins that coat everything fast. This is a Parker wine. He's, when it first came out, he loved it. This is the 2015, a few vintages later. Um, I, 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 I prefer the trilogy at this point in time. And I'd like to ask a question of the crowd. Yeah. How much, how much do you trust ratings from people like Robert Parker? So when Robert Parker gives a wine in 98.99, do you think to yourself, that gosh is going to be an excellent wine? Or do you believe that actually he has subscribed to a particular type of wine that he likes? Or do you think, in fact, that he's in the pocket of certain winemakers? What's your opinion? Well, I would say, I, I just put it out there, I don't think in the pocket. I think he probably people like him taste a lot more wine. And I but I would trust him more than I trust my own And opinion. I suppose that's what he's trying to normalise and standardise, is to say, mm. irrespective of where you are when you're tasting that wine, mm. I'm going to give you a, a reliable benchmark mm. on which to trust the quality of the wine. Tom, what do you think? 100% of the time, I've been... I've been fully, fully happy with with the high ratings of the experts. Yeah, if, if, it, if it equates to a low price, that's that's where you're coming from, which, which is good. Yeah, and so so yeah, that, that that is. So I am a I'm a bit susceptible to that exact combination. So if I see a very highly ranked wine from a MW, i.e. a Robert Parker or a James Suckling or a James Halliday, um, I would towards that wine if the price point was quite good so do I go for the highest points I can if I haven't tasted it or been recommended it for the lowest price I can that's that's the that's my um, cor correlation that I do yeah. quite often and, and with 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 the websites that I that I buy my wines and from. your women ha! <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh dear oh, we've got to an interesting uh, but who's uh, rating them my uh, women not the, like is not it Robert Parker <laughs> The and Anthony Lee rated ninety eight. <laughs> uh, Stunning vintage. <laughs> uh, Stunning. A bit longer than the tooth that one though. <laughs> yeah, past, she's a bit aged that one. Past, yeah. past uh, the best. She, she, like, Anyhow, um, <laughs> would you rather have like okay sex, okay sex with someone fucking hot, or really good sex with someone who's a so so? Are you so? How do you how do you relate that to wine? Well, would you rather drink oh, it's a, good a point. lifetime? Would you would you? Ten years. Would you rather drink a lifetime of average wine or just have one ecstatic explosion in your mouth? Is that what you were going? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was just as tenuous, but I like it. Well, one, uh, I think hot people are not good at sex for starters. Because of a cheerleader effect. It, what's that? Uh, look at me. Look, I promise you, wonderful and untold wonders. So the cheerleaders then, like Bordeaux, or you know. Depending on your definition, yes. But then, okay, champagne is a cheerleader, but champagne, in general, generally mostly awesome, I think. In I my agree. Opinion. Yeah. I so. agree. Well, sometimes cheerleaders do deliver. Oh, come on, seriously. Do you mix your wine? Is that what you're uh, saying? It's a rosé, doesn't it? It's a rosé. She's a rosé. <laughs> let's, let's not put other labels on it.
Okay, so so my wine, my my song to match my wine, is a song by the Kaiser Chiefs. But the real the real connection is that the song's called Ruby, and this wine, despite the fact that it's all over my shorts, is still very Ruby. THC, like what a, what a like wonderful Stellan Bosch that was. Bosch. Bosch. Bish, bash, bosh. And now we're on to our third wine, aren't we? Which is Tom Aston. Oh, yeah. And he's bought a. Here we go. This is a red bottle of wine. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's a red. So I've got a picture of a man riding a rhino. No, no, I don't. You're riding a rhinoceros? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you yeah. riding a rhinoceros? I like to start the label, and uh, this is a lovely picture of a wine scene. There's like a little house or a chateau at the bottom, and there's some nice hills around it. Oh, a chateau. Chateau. Oh, it I sounds like Stellenbosch to me. It's called Glenelli, which sounds a bit Scottish, but I imagine it's Perhaps it was a rhinoceros farmer. Again, there's probably a link there, isn't there? I think I'd so. Like to, I'd like to know more. Why else would you put a picture of yourself riding a rhinoceros on your own wine label maybe unless you haven't got, used them? Maybe, Ali, you've got the horn. Before they called it the bull market, it was going to be called the rhino market. I did not know that. True fact. That is actually a true fact. It's a financial fact. The reason they called it bull, it was easier for people internationally to spare rather than rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Listen on. You might think this is shite, but it's only going to get better. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm going to speak my, I'm going to speak my talk, but so it, it is a Stellenbosch, some 2012, it's called Estate Reserve, maybe that means something, maybe it doesn't. Reserve yeah. always means something in wine. Yeah, um, it depends out, on which... Outside EU, charlatans, aren't Well, it depends on which part of the world, but generally speaking, from my, my from what I know about wine, if you put reserve on a, on a label, it has, it has a particular reason why you can put it on there. You can't just go, I reserve this for my you know, great late auntie, Mabel. It's reserve is there because you, you've rested it in oak or you've taken time before you release it or you've saved your best vineyards for that particular bottle. So reserve, depending on where you are, which country, which region in that country, which appellation in that country, which even village in that country, there's all rules that says where can you use the word? Then again, reserve? then again, looking at three Anglo-Saxon white males in front of me, says the French. <laughs> game reserves is where we put animals. Yeah. Wait, gay reserves or game reserves? 
I'm a, I, well, I don't think gay and reserve go very well. <laughs> and when, when it comes to you, Pete. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> I so you're calling me dear? <laughs> How dare you? I'd rather Having say said that, I don't believe that you should go and buy wines from someone who has a physical shop presence nowadays when you have so many wine, wine online wine sellers who are really giving you straight from the vineyard mm. to your mouth. Why would you go to someone who's actually paying rent? How do you get it from the vineyard to your mouth soon? Well, that's probably subject to another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now, in wine, what is bricks? Does anyone know? Question. So, bricks is... If, okay, so the explanation is, if you ever travel to wine country or glance at a wine bottle, then you probably come to road bricks, which is the number after it. It measures the level of sugar in wine grapes that ultimately determines how much alcohol wine will have. That's bricks. Well, like the equivalent of dosage in champagne. Yes. The French took the word from English, dosage. <laughs> Did we also take the the, the French have taken a lot of words off the English. They're real wankers. Entrepreneur French. For what, for wine? Is it, is it, is it? Oh, resistance. Wow, we've just poured, we've just poured the wine. What do we do next, Tom? So what we're going to do now is two things you generally, well, three things you generally do. You look at the wine, you smell the wine, you taste the wine. Sometimes what I like to do is I like to taste the wine, smell the wine, look at the wine. And then look at your empty glass. So I would like to propose another approach to wine tasting, which is a tequila approach, which is instead of um, like look, <laughs> smell and taste, like just lick, sip, suck. <laughs> Why don't we try that? Uh, you know, lick, sip, okay, lick, <laughs> sip, suck, <laughs> and then so Tom's wine. Here we go. Cheers, here we go. guys. Cheers. Much fucking better. Yeah. Right, uh, uh, to it. our first guest, to lick, lick it, sip, sip it, and suck it. I really feel the flavours out of that. <laughs> I've got to say. Oh, that's not bad. That is delicious. That's actually better than that. That's actually better than wine I put on up there. That's better than Namwoka. Oh my god, that's really good. I like that. Actually. The, yeah, that 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 is to me. It's almost, it's almost Pinot. Uh, it's a lighter. Like it's it, it's got a tingle on my tongue now. There's a bit of length. It's a 2012, so the age has done it well. Well, I'm I, I'm re I'm really happy with my purchase. I think that's about about 13 pounds in, in English currency, and I think that you wouldn't get Ooh. much better value. Pounds than that. dipping quite a bit, mate. Boris is a wanker. Neither here nor <laughs> there. We're not here to talk about exchange rate trends, but we're. Uh, let's not get into politics. So, so this is actually owned by the uh, the, the vineyard Chateau Pichon La Longueville Comtesse de la Longue, which is a very iconic Burgundy. Ah, it's lovely. And, in fact, price point for price point is an absolute steal. So fucking well Stonker. done. Stonker. Oh, I, my God, that, that's knocked our socks off. That's brilliant. I, I, so it just goes to show that the vinifier has a massive influence on on what they what they what they pull off the vines. So winner so, so. far, Tom. Oh dear. This is this is a great wine. So, I can't believe we walked in off the back of a veggie curry and a and a and a lamb curry and a, and a, lick and a bit six of a we stumbled across a <laughs> okay. Stella like uh, just uh, like a diamond in the rough so does this lead us very neatly into your song what are you talking about <laughs> it's fucking lined up
Okay, can I propose an extra round? Can yeah. I, okay. Can I propose an extra round of wine? I want to propose... Before the sticky? Or? Yeah, before the sticky. I want to propose... The can I, wine? The can round. Oh, the can the wine. Would you like to introduce us to the backpack wine? Yeah, yes, so, okay, these are from Golden Gate Wines, which is a, a Cali, mostly California. I've never heard of can wines in my life. I, I come from the middle of Australia, Alice Springs, and my I, I grew up on um, Blue Nun in the 70s, what I think, and then, and then came, along came the Coolabar cask. And so the Coolabar cask was four litres of wine in the fridge. It was invented by Australians or New Zealanders. And and then and as as you as you sort of tipped up the little the little pour the little pour um, device, um, it was a vacuum, so so it just it, it would pour its four liters down to two liters, but no air would go into the wine, so it would always stay good. And here we are. I've got I've got I've gone twenty thirty years on second podcast. We've got cans of wine. I think it was a regressed. We've regressed. So, so, so thank you very much. But, but I think Ali, that given the fact that you come from the outback, this it does say backpack wine, and um, their their logo, their very snappy marketing tagline is "Skip the cork, grab a pack." And then it's American. So, what color is it? Oh, it's definitely red. <laughs> and the description is. Government warning: According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. Out of a can. <laughs> <laughs> the lady from the shop said, "Okay, hold on." Um, she said, "Honestly, Peter, my husband and I drink Oregon ones all the time at home. The smaller cans I use when we go to Lama, the perfect roadies. Like, are you serious? That's that's the. But honestly, the Oregon, the the Underwood one, they're really fucking good. I think they're decent." For Cut, cut, cut. So guys, this is Ali here. In the edit of this episode, we, things were getting quite messy in the studio and we couldn't work out how to blend in canned wine round and Sabs start talking about his sticky in South Africa. So here it is. Over to you, Sabs. Oh, I, okay. I have a lot of history with South Africa because two of my good friends got married there um, and been to Stellenbosch. Actually, Stellenbosch as a, to- as a town, it's one, a the big, is it one of the biggest student towns in South Africa. And it actually has one of the highest per capita of beer drinking ratios in the world, apparently. So basically, you know, but the Stellenbosch weddings are incredible, man. Like one guy, he drove into a ditch and he fell asleep in a ditch in his car. Like, and they, they just, we woke him up. He was like, oh, oh, hey, what the fuck, where am I? And he was like on the wheel sleeping. He, he drove into there. So this is actually, okay, dessert wine, but it's more similar to ice wine. So it's straw wine, and the process of straw wine is a bit like Amarone. You dry it out, you dry it out like a Ooh. raisin, and then you crush it. So obviously, so the style of dessert wine is straw wine. In South uh, Africa. Description from the maker, which is tear hook. I think hook is like a, a, like a cake or something. Oh yeah, perfect. This is sweet. Sweet for sweet wines, right? Okay, so the description is, this is an unctuous wine that entices you from the first sniff too long after the taste of the last. We're still talking about wine. Yeah, 100% Chenon Blanc. Unusual for a fucking dessert wine, right? 100% Chenon Blanc for a dessert wine, right? So what what are normal dessert wines made of then? Um, well, like, I know. Cake. Takaish, like botheritis. Cake! It, it, um, it reminds me of um, my grandmother. Yeah, it's a sherry-esque. 
because grandmothers yeah. have that sort of slightly musty and <laughs> and, and but very yet again yeah. very sweet <laughs> and but you wouldn't want to taste them you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and that's a wrap <laughs> in, in Catholic girls school <laughs> and that's a wrap ladies and gentlemen <laughs> it's honey in the jar for me Beautiful. Oh, nice. Jar for me. I get a little note of marmalade. I feel like yeah, nice. Like yeah. Marmalade. Yeah. So now that we talked about marmalade, I just want to play something. Millions of peaches. So that's a wrap. Uh, needless to say, things had got bitty, pretty messy uh, in the studio that in that second podcast. And um, in future episodes, we shall be wrapping up them way more smoothly with a, with a rating system of the wines we've just tasted. There you go. Listen in. Episode two. It's done. Join us for three. Bye. <laughs>